You're listening to a podcast series from Vietcetera Production. Vietnam is forecasted to be one of the fastest growing economies in Southeast Asia and the world. To understand the dynamics behind Vietnam's miracle growth, Vietcetera meets with business leaders every week to discuss the country's future growth prospects. We also learn about how they build and manage teams and why they think innovation will be key to Vietnam's role in the world order. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Vietnam Innovators. I'm your host, the co-founder and CEO of Vietcetera Media, Hao Tran. Um, if you haven't already tuned in for our uh, episodes of C uh, Vietnam Innovators, you may not know that this is actually at the start of our season three after about 100 episodes collectively between the English and Vietnamese editions. So thank you for tuning in for this special episode and all the past ones if you've been on Vietnam Innovators before. Today's guest is, is, is a new guest. Um, we've had uh, the company represented on the shows before, uh, but today's a real treat for you guys because it's about a topic that is trending, but not a lot of people know about. Um, and if they do, uh, it's because they're one of the very few companies that's leading this initiative in what we call the metaverse web three. There's a lot of related connected names and we'll demystify that in today's podcast. Ben Joe, Vice President of Southeast Asia Emerging Markets at Meta. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Hal. Uh, we're going to jump straight into it, um, which is what is Meta's vision for the metaverse? Um, let's let's get those like bullet points down um, and hear it from uh, straight from you, Ben. Yeah, sure. So let me um, demystify what uh, what the metaverse and what we're trying to build for. Um, and my daughter, actually, she's 16 years old. So she asked me this question around, Daddy, Daddy, what is the metaverse? So I'll, maybe I'll share how I explained it to her. Um, you know, look, right now we look at screens just like how we're doing this interview through a screen. Uh, it's mostly 2Ds. Uh, it's good, but it's, uh, you know, and we're able to see, we can see it through our, our smartphones, whether that's content, you can hear it. Uh, you can read through it through text, video, or photos. But what if you can if you can imagine a world where you can be part of the experience? You can be in the experience. So the immersive experience is where I think the metaverse is. And there's going to be many, many virtual spaces uh, around different type of experiences uh, on the metaverse. And and you know, just to be clear, uh, Meta, uh, we're we're not building the metaverse. We're actually building for the metaverse, and we believe like that's the next evolution of social technology where we can bring uh, people closer together. Awesome. Thanks for clarifying that, Ben. And it sounds like your 16-year-old daughter uh, may, may know more than the average person being close to you, obviously. Um, so we're excited for, for more insights to be shared today. Um, which leads me to my second question, which is the decision for Facebook to, uh, and for those of you, obviously, that use Facebook, you know that nothing's fundamentally changed about the actual Facebook platform but the name of the parent company has changed. Um, what does that mean for the future of the company and why at this particular moment? Yeah, great question. Um, a couple of things. So I, I, I joined Meta about 11 years ago. When, when I joined, uh, there was only one app uh, that, from, from our product of services, which was Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, but as you know, now we have many different platforms uh, that serve billions of communities. We have Facebook, obviously. We have Instagram. 
Messenger, WhatsApp, and then uh, now our kind of VR or AR headsets that, we, uh, that we're releasing. So we have many different platforms. Our company name was Facebook, but at the same time, one of our app was named Facebook. So there's a lot of you know, opportunity to clarify that. Um, and so that's one thing. I think the other thing, naming it as meta, is we're now putting a really you know, strong stake in the ground that uh, we believe this is the future. We and we want to build for the future. Um, you know, before how we brought people together was through mostly through uh, desktop, web, and then mobile, right? Uh, where you use through apps, you can text people, you can uh, upload your photos, interact through video calls like this. But the next evolution will be around immersive experiences uh, in the metaverse, and we want to make sure that we're able to build for that. So we changed the name, but the thing that hasn't changed is our vision. So the, our vision has always been around, hey, let's bring the world closer together and give people the power to build meaningful communities that matter to them. And I think the metaverse opportunity is going to really accelerate that because, you know, nothing beats uh, being with a person in person, right? But I think there's much more of an immersive experience that we can provide through the metaverse versus what we have now, which is more, more of a 2D experience. All right, Ben. So we're going to move on, which was, you know, the topic of access. Uh, you mentioned that uh, Meta is building for the metaverse, not uh, the metaverse. I think that's an important distinction because there's a lot of players uh, in the whole scope of the metaverse. Uh, maybe you can talk about the roadmap for achieving that because it's still very conceptual, still a lot of early players. Where does Meta fit in that whole uh, kind of uh, journey for building the metaverse? Yeah, uh, great question, How I think, so if we backtrack, let's say 30, 35 years ago, when internet just became accessible, um, there was not really one company that built the internet, right? There were many companies, many platforms, many developers, creators, even governments and NGOs had a big role of building for the internet. And I think that's where we are for the metaverse. I think we're very, very early in the journey. Um, so there's a lot of things that needs to be invested, um, specific around accessibility ability, connectivity, because as you can imagine, connectivity becomes a uh, table stakes for uh, to enable a lot of these experiences. Also affordability, uh, you know, the hardware can get better where it's easier to use, uh, better form factor, and et cetera. So there's a lot to be built and we're very early in the journey. I think where we fit in is that we, you know, we, again, around our mission is around bringing people closer together and giving people the power to build community. And what that is, an increase of presence. So imagine if we were doing the interview like this on a 2D screen, how, imagine if I, it felt like you and I are sitting next to each other in, in the metaverse, right? That would be an awesome experience. And, and that's where we're building for. So we, uh, we've, uh, we've launched a couple of um, experiences on, on, our, on, on Horizon uh, Worlds that kind of gives you a glimpse of uh, these type of experiences where people feel like they're together with people, although they're not, they're not physically uh, together, literally. So uh, I think that's gonna be a big piece. Presence is gonna be a big piece of what we do uh, because we're all about bringing the world closer together and, uh, and providing connectivity. When you're saying that, I'm imagining myself sitting in that Eames chair. I think that's the name of that chair in the background there. Um, anyways, Ben, thank you uh, for, for your insight there. The big question here, too, is about the business model. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, these, kind of, I guess, buzzwords being tossed around in the space, and everyone's investing a lot into the space, uh, but is the ROI there? And and we can see it in, in the media, right? And Facebook's very, um, Meta, rather, is very transparent in sharing 
they're spending uh, billions of dollars into investing in this um, kind of initiative. Uh, will it be similar to the current business model, advertising models meta? Uh, what can we see in terms of that future kind of revenue driver for the metaverse? Yeah, um, and it, it goes back to, again, 35 years ago, if we asked, hey, what is the monetization business model for the internet? I think we would have wildly different answers uh, from what we see now. So uh, what I, I guess, you know, maybe I'll propose or, or, or throw out there is very, it's just very early stages, but I, but it, I don't think it takes um, too much thought into thinking through like how this can evolve. So a couple of things that come to mind, um, one is around virtual experiences. I can see what a big role a creator would play uh, if you have a great idea, if you can build virtual experiences um, on, on, on the metaverse, that would be an awesome business model that can scale, that can provide immersive experiences for people, whether that's paid or through ads uh, supported or what have you. The second piece is around digital commerce. Look, in the metaverse, you will want a uh, digital presence of yourself. And you can imagine a world where there's going to be a lot of di digital merchandise. Uh, and going back to your point around interoperability, you know, we're going to have to find a way as an industry uh, to be able to transfer that uh, item that you bought in a certain platform, where if I bought these glasses at you know one platform, I can use these glasses in other platforms. So that's going to be you know that's going to be an opportunity that we can work together on. But I can see digital commerce becoming a big piece. Uh, there's going to be additional things uh, beyond this. Right? I mean, obviously, there's the virtual experiences, there's the gaming. That's what we're already seeing a lot of great traction on. Fitness has been something that we were quite quite surprised to see take off so um, so dramatically. Uh, obviously it's it's I mean due to the, due to the pandemic, people want to work out and people are using VR devices uh, and apps on our uh, in our on our quest to actually do fitness. So fitness could be another thing. If you if we were to kind of even scale that even further, think about healthcare opportunities, right? So right now we are limited to some extent around going visit uh, doctors. I know telemedicine has starting to take off. But imagine if, your doc, if a doctor can diagnose you uh, almost uh, you know, instantly in real time in an immersive environment. Education could be another thing. Uh, financial inclusivity or access to that could be another. So I think the, this is going to open up one of the largest economic opportunities of our times and I'm really excited about. I think the last time uh, somebody, or rather a product was able to say the same thing was uh, the smartphone. So uh, as you know, Mark Zuckerberg himself has said that this opportunity is the next smartphone. Um, and you guys are getting it, you know, vastly uh, ahead of the game in terms of uh, the general industry, um, the tech industry that is. What is the pathway to ma mass adoption? Everyone has a smartphone these days. Um, it's almost like necessary. Everyone's mobile first. Is, is metaverse first going to be a thing? Um, is the pathway uh, there? And how do you intend to grow uh, VR out of the niche uh, that, that it's in now? Yeah, and, and VR is already taken off pretty, uh, pretty significantly. We are seeing uh, a lot of good momentum with the adoption of devices. Uh, if you recall, uh, I, I, the first time that I used a VR device, which is one of our Rift devices, uh, four years, three or four years ago, they were all wired. They were wired. <clears throat> they had to be wired to a desktop uh, because of the... Uh, you know, the connectivity and the technology, uh, technology kind of barriers that needs to be placed. Right now, we've come, you know, we've come a long way where they're light. You can, uh, it's, it's mobile. It doesn't have to be wired uh, through a desktop to experience a pretty immersive experience. So 
uh, fast track, like, you know, fast forward two, three years from now, we will have, I believe, a, you know, a really a lot of, we'll see a lot of advancements on the form factor in hardware. Uh, so that's kind of in the works. Uh, obviously, we talked about connectivity being a big piece, right? If you want to deliver an immersive experience through these devices, whether it's VR or AR, reliable, affordable, fast connectivity is essential. Uh, in some parts uh, you know, of the world, we have that. Some parts, we're still working on it. Uh, and we're also partnering very closely with telcos to, to enable some of these experiences across Southeast Asia uh, and Vietnam. But we're, that's one of the areas where we think uh, there's going to be need to be some some level of progress on the other pieces. Look, look at the creator economy. Uh, I think it's never been a better time to be a creator. If you're a creator with an awesome idea, uh, then like the metaverse is going to be the biggest opportunity where you can scale your ideas, not just, you know, to your neighborhood or to your country, but around the world. And I think that's going to unlock a lot of opportunities for for people who are just uh, who are creators. The vision could be the next smartphone, uh, but even for creators, it could be like 1,000th creator on Instagram or all these other platforms that exist. Um, could it be the next one? I think people should get ahead of the game. And let's take a step back to, you know, all this sounds really great. Uh, all of it's pretty possible. But let's talk about the scrutiny that Meta has had in, in recent years, uh, particularly about data privacy, content management. How does the company intend to deal with the issues in the metaverse, it's unregulated. I think that's, um, you know, uh, the regulators haven't really caught up with the innovation that's happening in the space, and that's to be to be expected. Um, will they be more challenging? Uh, do you see you know, that that evolving in, in future years? Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be it's something new for all of us. So we're all trying to figure this out, and we're learning from as we go to uh, to a lot of extent. But here's the good news. I think we're still quite early in the journey and there's a lot of learnings that we can take from uh, as seeing kind of the internet evolve. Um, so the reason why we're kind of putting our stake in the ground around building for the metaverse early is we wanna build it with other people, right? It could be creators, but also developers, governments, regulators. Uh, and it's an opportunity for us to get early uh, do you know take some of the learnings that we've had uh, building out the mobile internet and internet with uh, from from the past and be able to do that in a very responsible way. So there's two things that we're really focused on as we do this. One is around build, giving transparency of what gets shared and what doesn't for the users. And I think this is, this is extremely important because you know user data and privacy is is, is, is a top, top priority for, for us. And then second is giving people the control of what data gets shared, what data doesn't. So we talked about interoperability, right? So for example, if I bought these glasses at, at one uh, virtual experience, I would like, want to bring it to the other experience. And to do that, there's gonna need to be some level of interoperability and data transfers. But what we wanna make sure that it, it's working with the other companies, but also with regulators is build a, uh, you know, build a platform where where that is very open and that's very transparent. And we give the user control of what gets shared and what doesn't get shared within the metaverse. Got it, Ben. And um, I want to hone in on the region that we are, are, are in. Uh, you're based in Singapore. I'm based here in Vietnam. Uh, your, your oversight is obviously meta for, for Southeast Asia. Um, what specific opportunities do you see this part of the world having in terms of the metaverse? Uh, so many young consumers, uh, the population's massive. Um, 
I think it was something like, you know, one third of the population is within like a, like a six hour flight of where you and I are. Um, what are your insights there, Southeast Asia and, and Vietnam in particular? Yeah, so let's start with Southeast Asia and then I'll hone in uh, on the Vietnam opportunity. But I think this is going to be an incredible opportunity for this region. And the reason why I say this is, um, look, there are, there are gaps uh, that I think the metaverse can fill. For example, um, inclusive, like, like in some countries, there are uh, bank accounts is not as prevalent as some of the more developed or the Western countries. And, and the metaverse can um, provide these financial inclusivity through different tools or different ways of, uh, of payments. The other thing is healthcare access and education access. You know, one of the, one of the things that we've observed is like, for example, if you're, an, if you're a single mom living in Indonesia and you're trying to send your kids to a great school, it's really difficult because you're limited by the choices of your vicinity. Uh, and now I think with, uh, with VC, like Zooming, it kind of opens it up. But it's never, you know, I mean, that experience is not as, uh, you know, not where we want it to be yet. I mean, we want a very immersive experience where you can, you know, talk with your friends. Maybe you can chit chat around while the teacher's, uh, you know, giving classes, which is kind of the experience that I'm sure you and I've had mm. and, uh, and had teachers, you know, call us out on. But it's that type of experience that I think it will enable. Again, we talked about healthcare too, right? A lot of times you are limited by the vicinity uh, of where you live and what you can afford. And being able to travel is expensive for a lot of folks. So I'm really excited about, uh, about that. Uh, I think specifically for Vietnam, wow. Look, look, Vietnam is one of the most entrepreneurial countries in the world. The amount of human capital, the amount of entrepreneurship, uh, the amount of adoption of blockchain, Web3, is off the charts. I mean, I know that it's the third largest startup ecosystem in Southeast Asia, and it's only going to grow. Um, uh, the entrepreneur spirit of the, of, of the folks that I get to meet uh, on my team, but also with our clients and partners, I think will just turbocharge this. And in a lot of ways, it's not just the companies or the developers or the entrepreneurs. I also know that the government's leaning in very hard, right? Uh, mm -hmm. More than 20% of the GDP um, that the government wants it to be on the digital economy. And I think metaverse will be a great segue in building up for that. So I'm really excited about Vietnam uh, and you know Southeast Asia in general of what the metaverse can provide. Excellent. Thank you for that insight, Ben. I kind of alluded to before that meta is making investments in the billions uh, into the metaverse, which is unprecedented um, and definitely a first mover in the category. And in order to get ahead, uh, this this needs to be done. Um, what else needs to be happen? Uh, we talked, we touched about um, you know data privacy. Uh, we talked about working with not only governments but also uh, other partner ecosystems. Um, maybe what are some other things that you can note aside from like uh, like platforms or or groups or communities, but perhaps uh, hardware, perhaps um, you know we talked about adoption. What are some of these other things that you want to note um, for our audience today? Sure. So hardware, look, again, I, I know that for some folks, uh, the current products are, you know, are, could be better, right? They could be lighter, um, they could be more affordable. So there's going to be some technology advances that we anticipate there. Uh, you know, people want to be able to naturally interact in the metaverse uh, right now. You know, some of it is limited to some of the controls or finger movements. And I think we'll make a lot of advancements there and we're, we're investing heavily to, uh, to continue to lead that in a, in a lot of fronts. I think the other elements are around creators, right? So look, this would be a relatively newer concept right now. A lot of creators are, are monetizing through, uh, through different platforms and that's great, but this would be a new venue. So how do we build tools 
to enable that? How do we educate creators? So we uh, launched a fund to directly um, uh, help creators build for the metaverse. And we think that will help uh, gain a lot, a, lot, a lot of learnings there. I think the other piece is around how do we help businesses, right? So the businesses, uh, I was actually in, in Seoul a couple of months ago and I was visiting a bookstore and I looked at the top 10 books in, uh, in Seoul in a bookstore and most of it was around the metaverse. It was metaverse, metaverse, NFTs, metaverse. And look, this is not something that is future. Like it is the present. And we were seeing a lot of countries actually already starting to adopt that. But the question is like, okay, so then what does that mean for me? What does it mean? What do I need to do now as a business to prepare myself to do this? And there's a lot of things that are already out there. Uh, you don't have to, you know, necessarily get the headset. There are, uh, you know, there's companies in Vietnam, for example, like Samsung, I know had experimented with the uh, AR effects with the soccer team, which is great. Like if you have your thumbs up, then it would put it, put up an AR filter where you're uh, rooting for the uh, Vietnam national soccer team. And there's businesses that are experimenting with Spark AR and different AR filters to help uh, get their message out and give uh, that virtual or AR experiences to, uh, to, to their customers or potential customers. You know, for me as an individual here in Vietnam too, um, I see uh, the excitement around it. You mentioned Korea, you know, the books are, are uh, the top sellers about the metaverse. Here in Vietnam, everyone, everyone's talking about it, even on the media side in Vietnam, we're writing articles about the metaverse you know, even this podcast that uh, once upon released, I'm sure will be very popular and well received. We're seeing the numbers like continue to grow with every piece of content we put out there. Um, and I think here in Vietnam, it will be following the same trajectory, if not surpass uh, some other Asian countries. We'll see um, to be seen. Um, we're ta we talked a lot about, um, you know, the possibilities of the metaverse, especially from an entertainment point of view and, and other functional use cases like fitness you mentioned. But what about work? Uh, what about, um, you know, you mentioned us uh, being on the Zoom call, being able to connect this way. Um, how will it change the future of work? Uh, and has it already for, for Meta? I'm, I'm actually curious how you guys hold meetings. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear your insight on that. Yeah, sure. So we, uh, I, I've, we actually have a platform called Horizon Workrooms, um, mm. which gives you a glimpse of what the future of work on, in the metaverse can look like. So what this is, is, uh, you know, it's, it's an app, uh, it's an experience in the Quest um, experience from our VR headset. You put it on uh, and there's a virtual yourself, uh, self of you who, you know, you can configure. And, the, and if you do these meetings uh, through these Horizon Workrooms, it really feels like you are in there with other folks. So I do team meetings mm -hmm. on this every now and then um, just to experience and dog food our own product. But there's a couple of things that are just magical uh, that you can't get from a 2D experience. So let me give you an example around, you know, when we do a meeting in person, there is a, I mean, there's spatial audios, right? So you know if someone is speaking from the left or they're mm -hmm. speaking from the right, but when we do like Zoom or VC calls, it's very difficult to have a sense of that. So, you, be, you know, the fatigue starts building and you can't have side chit chats, right? Because if someone's side chit chats now, they will ruin the interview basically, right? <laughs> uh, but in a meeting room, I mean, imagine yourself in a meeting room with 10 people, you can, you know, you can, you can, you can kind of do the side chit chats and that's totally mm -hmm. fine. And you can actually experience this. Um, so if you have the opportunity, I, you know, I'd love for you to try it because it will give you a glimpse of what the future of work would be. So that's from an experience standpoint. But if you take that, uh, if you, you take a step back and think about the opportunity that this will, uh, this will enable, again, it will give opportunities for people who doesn't necessarily live in a vicinity where there are opportunities 
that is the requirement of having to be there in person, right? So if you can have these meetings in an immersive way, uh, regardless of where you are, that opens up opportunities for human capital, uh, accessibility for a lot of folks, uh, for jobs. And I think that's gonna be an awesome thing. Uh, the other thing is, is just around, you know, building a uh, level of, you know, playing level field for a lot of folks who did not have these access before. Um, so really excited about this. We're already starting to do this within the company. Uh, and I can't wait to share it more with, uh, with folks that I know. Excellent. Well, Ben, um, we mentioned all the investment and effort and time and into future building for this metaverse. Uh, I always ask at the end of my, my shows uh, on Vietnam innovators, are you guys hiring for this role uh, for this kind of, um, you know, initiative? I'm sure you guys are. And what are the kind of talents that are interested in, in being part of the metaverse these days? Um, maybe you can share a bit about that. Yeah, sure. Um, so we recently announced that we're building uh, kind of uh, engineering offices across the world. Um, we, we obviously have a, a large engineering office in the U.S. We recently launched that we're going to also hire 2,500 people in Spain, uh, you, know, another, uh, you know, another thousand, a couple thousand in, in Canada. So we're, we're like we're expanding and we are hiring because we are very excited about this opportunity. It, again, it's going to be the largest economic opportunity, I think, of my lifetime. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be exciting. Um, I don't know, because, because this is new, uh, I don't think there's specific skill sets or, you know, we want you to have experience having built the metaverse. There, mm. there is nobody in, on the planet who has. So, you know, yeah. yeah, so maybe just a couple of, I think, things that we, 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 we you know, we, we have as values, like, you know, curiosity, I think is going to be really important. Uh, and is this something that you believe in? I mean, do you want to build for the future? Mm. And building for the future is hard, right? Uh, like there's a lot of ambiguity, a lot of challenges, um, um, just a lot of anxiety because the, nobody's really figured this out. So you're pioneering this. So uh, I don't think it's for everybody. But if you're like me and you like to be part, not just part of the future, but like to create the future, it's a great opportunity. And we are hiring across the board for all roles. So amazing. You know, the, I, I mentioned it's good that you brought up, uh, you know, no one's had more than a year of experience in this. And if they've had, uh, it's pretty exceptional, at least uh, generally speaking. There are all these memes on Facebook and, and you know, online about how uh, young people are having trouble applying for jobs because they haven't had experience in functional areas. And, and luckily for this, we uh, no one does. So it's, it's really about the mindset, understanding uh, the potential of the future, being a part of it. Uh, and yes, if you've had experience in, let's say, engineering, business development, uh, marketing, whatever, across uh, parallel industries, and that could just be something as simple as smartphones or um, a media company, per se, um, I think the opportunities are there. Um, excellent. I think that wraps up today's podcast, Ben. Thank you for sharing about the metaverse and, and kind of what you're doing on the Southeast Asia team. I kind of, kind of to conclude today's uh, kind of podcast, Ben, is there any final notes that you'd like to share about what you guys are working on um, at, at Meta and in the, in the metaverse? Uh, no, I think we covered it all. So thank you. Uh, thanks for having me, Al. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, that concludes today's podcast, uh, another episode of Vietnam Innovators. Ben Joe, VP of Southeast Asia and Emerging Markets at Meta. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you have questions about Meta, about the Metaverse, you can drop them in the comments if you're watching on YouTube or message to our email or me as a host. Uh, happy to follow up. Thanks so much, Ben and Meta. Uh, we'll look forward to having you guys tune in next time. 
You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content.